Welcome! Welcome! To Bankruptcy Light, a podcast resource for people who are at any stage of the Chapter 7 Personal Liquidation Bankruptcy event in your life. Once again, I'm out on my morning commute, making ends meet, living debt-free except for my student loan that paid for my bachelor's degree back in the heady class of 1999. I want to share the lessons I learned when I filed Chapter 7, and I want to encourage just conversation about it. People don't talk about it. It's not a it's it, it's not something that's cocktail friendly. It's kind of a bummer and 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 you know, here is a, is a place, a little padded room where you and I can talk about you know, the when of bankruptcy. When do you decide to flip that switch or the or the why like why would you go bankrupt and I want to talk about that I'm wearing a toga today here in the car gleaming white you know I even use a little of that starch product just to make it a little a little crispy and it'll become you know, totally clear in a minute, uh, but I just want to I want to say real quick that I thought this would be an interesting way to educate and entertain. I thought maybe I'd wear a toga right now here on my commute. It's easy enough to take on and off this thing. You know, it's just a sheet. I'll just put it in the trunk when I get to work, and nobody needs to know. You know, my employers don't have to find out. And in point of fact, I keep this podcast entirely secret from anybody that I work with. I don't mention it. And I I don't think it's appropriate to talk about work in this kind of forum. You know, you know, current work, talking about past jobs. That's a different thing. Talking about where you work right now. You know, I don't want to say if I love the job. I don't want to say if I hate the job. I'm kind of a little closer to love. But, you know, just like everything, there's there's a little good and a little bad. It's this ocean of gray ambiguity. And I'm just floating in it. Or, you know, more specifically, my wallet. My, my balance sheet, my assets, my liability, my equity. It's just it's there's my wallet floating along in the in the in the gray sea of ambiguity, sailing. You know our our financial lives just bobbing around. You know sail sailing these seas like dinghy. Like dinghies in a semi-rural 
four-lane ocean that narrows down to two lanes when you get, you know, past that first stoplight. Okay, it's not the first stoplight, but you know what I'm saying. It's it, And it's it's flanked by vineyards and eucalyptus trees, and there's, there's no seagulls anywhere, but it's a sea up here in this valley. And for all practical purposes, we might as well be in Greece, you know, for all of this classical opulence. And I mean, it's California, right? You can, you can, you all can tell just by listening that that is California, but Greece, you know, they've been growing grapes since forever. And what's up with tailgating, California, huh? I mean, what's up with that? Like, uh, I'm just, okay, so there's, like, behind me, it's a freaking ice cream truck. Seriously. Right there. There he is. You know, up, just just all the way, and, and you know, it's always this whole rushing around California. I, I think it mirrors, I you know, all this always always rushing around. I think it mirrors the greater economy when you get right down to it. But then what doesn't, right? Right? I mean, if you remove all kind all kinds of considerations for people's feelings. I mean, just put put that aside. Feelings are important. Feelings are very important. And I'll, I'll talk more about that later, about the importance of feelings. But, you know, just put that aside and, and just look right at the practical benefits of tailgating. Like this jackass right behind me in the ice cream truck. I mean, if you're in a system where the speed limit's, you know, imposed by law in theory, but... In, in 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 practical reality, you know the, the the speed limit is really just imposed by the speed of the person who's directly in front of you, and and you know in this case, the speed limit is imposed by this guy. Ooh, he's mad. He saw me do the thumbs. He's mad. Ooh, oh. Look at that. Look at that. Ooh, angry. But I'm wearing a toga for for a reason. And uh, I want to talk briefly at length about uh, ancient Greece. And, you know, the bankruptcy is a concept. It it didn't always exist, obviously. You know, everything is a concept didn't always exist because we didn't even have concepts until... 100,000 years ago, 300,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, 300,000 years ago, a million years ago, over a million years ago. The breakdown of the bicameral mind, eventually that led to bankruptcy. But even as far back as ancient Greece... bankruptcy wasn't there. And I'm wearing a toga to say, hey, you! Hey! I'm the Athenian democracy in the 5th century. Right? B.C. The first known democracy 
in the world. Or maybe I'm some other Greek city right around there in Attica or wherever. You know, set up on the Athenian model because it, you, these ideas travel, you know? That's the dangerous thing about ideas is they get around and democracy is just such a dangerous idea. And I'm telling you that if you owe me and me being like I'm ancient Greece and I'm a I'm a guy there, a guy of means, naturally, this isn't for slaves or other classes of people, but so I'm a guy in the Athenian democracy, and if you owe me money and you cannot pay, then you, your spouse, your kids, servants, you're going to get a little bit of the old debt slavery until me... Mr. Creditor, 5th century B.C., starts to recoup my losses through your physical labor. But I want you to understand, I'm not a dick. And I think that, you know, I'd probably be attached to one of the city-states that, that limited debt slavery to four or five years. There's probably some other cities that that wouldn't, but I'm not that kind of a guy. I live in the type of city-state that limits your debt slavery to five years, and you work your ass off to pay me back the shit you owe me. And you're also going to get protection of life and limb. That's something that, you know, the, the, the regular slaves didn't get. You know, life and life and limb Dead slaves, you got covered. Regular slave, not so much. You hear that? That's, uh, you know, he turned on his little ice cream song. I, th- I think he's, I, I, I think that's part of his psychological game. But I'm, you know, I'm in control here. This is my show. It's my speed, bitch! My speed! So bankruptcy is an odyssey. You know, a major ancient Greek epic novel, right? It's an odyssey. And the novelist was Homer. Maybe you've heard of him. So, Odysseus. I'm looking this up on my phone right here. You know, he, I, or okay, I had it on my phone already for just such an occasion. I I want to I want to read this out. You know, I, I just want to point out that 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 he was on Calypso's island for seven years. And how weird is that? Because it takes about seven years to recover from personal liquidation bankruptcy. And Odysseus builds a boat. And then Poseidon. Or Neptune, as some of you might know him. Finds out and smashes your raft up. And then, and then Odysseus gets helped by a sea nymph. 
Sounds pretty great, right? He swims ashore. No, I, I guess he's naked. And on and on and on and on. You know, it's uh, traffic's getting weird. I can't, I can't read this anymore. But you get the point. And he, you know, eventually everybody knows he gets home again and kills his wife's boyfriends and takes back his house. It takes a long time, a lot of hardship, but I want you to take back your house. Whatever it takes. Kill all of your wife's boyfriends, just like Odysseus. You know, this isn't your life. It's a novel, so make it a good novel. You know, with conflict and intrigue. And you know what? I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna make a phone call right now to some... I, you know... I have a friend, he's a novelist, and I think he would understand what I'm talking about here. So, hang on. This guy's going to help me bring bring this point home. Just hold on a second. I hear, I heard a little bird tweeting. So... What you want to what, talk about? Oh, go ahead. Why don't you talk the talk about the economics of your of your novel? In what regard, like uh, as far as like how the numbers work? Let's uh, start like this. How many how many hours total do you think it'll take to finish the novel? Hours. Well, I mean, I could do a sort of a quick to know to think of how many hours I put into it so far. Let's just say it's been like. 300 hours that I've been, you know, thus far. 300 is maybe a low, so maybe three to 500 hours, and then all the hours I'm going to put into it yet. Let's say that the novel, when it's done, will have taken 800 hours of writing and rewriting. Probably worth about 50 bucks an hour from just for my metaphors and my sense of irony. It's a lot easier forty than fifty two, but you can do fifty two if you want. <laughs> forty grand—that seems like a pretty good book deal. I mean, you would think that would be like a really good book deal. I mean, that's probably the number you want to look at. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would be wise to know the difference between forty thousand and whatever thousand. Five point two, maybe. Does that kind of number? Five point two, maybe three point four. So we can use fifty. So one, but if we had to do fifteen times twelve, one one forty four plus forty five, no, is it forty five? Thirty six. What's it? It would be uh, one forty four plus thirty six. One fifty would be one eighty. Did you say one fifty times fifty? No, wait. That's so one eighty then times fifty. Just if it's five five point two, it wouldn't that happen every month? So you, I mean, wouldn't it just be five point two of forty thousand? Times they did give me two thousand towards it for uh, yeah I don't know how it works I mean is that is that what we're testing here one fifty one fifty forever eighteen hundred times fifty one eighty a year yeah one eighty times fifty well, that'd be paying one hundred and eighty book pages but that's flat I still have like half my life or. 
No, not 180. What, what are we? 180. Yeah, but it's only 100 pages, so you can't sell it as a novel yet. Then it's a novel, yeah. So that's 30,000 more than I think I'm going to. So it's 18 times 5. Is that easier? 90. <laughs> Well, I mean, it makes sense. Fifteen. I mean, you always want to know how much you're doing per week. I mean, basically, that'd be thirty hours of pay period if it was an hourly wage, yeah, like Monday through Friday. That's, I mean, that's not just being able to go out to a movie at night. I mean, that's just a, that's just a full time job. My grandfather died when he was ninety, and my other grandfather turned ninety this uh, this year, and he's still alive. So about ninety, which is funny because. I- 39 and if i was 40 it'd be a lot easier just to say 50 more years <laughs> maybe we should go with 89 <laughs> instead of 90 <laughs> 90 000. so it's three books and, and then they would all be put out individually and then after all three are known they'd be put out as a as a trio of books called the messiah complex so what I'm saying is every each of the books, so there will be three books, and then they're each double their value. I know that Enron, on their documentary, said uh, that, that like the whole thing that blew up in their face was the idea of potential future profits. I mean, when you're selling ideas, it has a lot to do with the future. I mean, even this novel still has some future. But how many hours? 40 hours a week? Yeah, you get the hours. Yeah, so it take twenty weeks. Is that what you're saying? So it's eight hours of work, eight hours of whatever I want, eight hours of sleep. That's the economy of my day. <laughs> Beginning, a middle, and an end. It's only half done as far as like length goes. I mean, I don't know how twelve point double spaced uh, pages on, on my computer on, on letter sized paper translates to a book. I would think. It would, would it help if I just told you how many words? I have 28,727. So half, right? That's what I said. A little, a little more than half. Words like compatriot, com- compatriot, or particularly, immediately, cocktail. Um, does hyphenated count? Uh, the biggest word. Um, I can't think of. Celebrate? No, celebrating. I'm kind of looking around it in here in, in this document. And I would say that, you know, there's a lot of 10-letter words, but nothing much, maybe 12, just some, some 12-letter words in there. It's not in first person, so there's not very many one-letter words. Cheesecake. Let's just go with cheesecake. Or if you hyphenate it, maybe cheesecake muffins. You know, they'll break out a bunch of whiskey, basically, and then... Well, I mean, r- rather the the... The crows give them a whole bunch of whiskey, which is a little different. <laughs> but we don't want to get into the crows. I mean, that's just going too far off. It's a huge cost. But it doesn't only, it's not just, like, like you can't say that's the cost of this novel, though. I mean, this novel is more a product of, of, of that, you know, past institutionalization. And it's, not, it's not the only product of that. So you can't you can't equate uh, like the whole cost of the equation just with as part of the value of the the novel is more like uh, merchandise at that point, right? So that's a ten thousand dollar profit over fifty years. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so when it comes down to. <laughs> Did you stop talking suddenly again? <laughs> but with respect to Greece, I mean, so then and now, ancient Greece, today Greece, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think it would be a surprise for me to say. They're pretty different. So, I mean, let's just look at uh, 2010, 2010, the first real bailout or so-called bailout of Greece. And it wasn't debt slavery. Because that's what would have happened to Greece had Greece owed a guy a bunch of money back in Greece back in the day. You know, so back in 2010, it was more like a chain of events that replaced private debt with public debt. That's totally different. And you have all kinds of banks in Europe, you know, and they're sitting around. You got French banks, La Bank, and German banks, Der Banken. And then. I mean, there's there's us, of course, and there's, you know, Goldman Sachs, synthetic uh, CDOs, uh, which, for the layman, means collateralized debt obligation. And, you know, maybe someday I'll do a, I'll do a whole show on synthetic CDOs, because they're different than actual CDOs that are backed by assets. Synthetic CDOs are just backed by this sort of glowing fuzz that wraps around certain kind of uh, uh, what's the word what's the word people um, but I'll do a show about that insurance maybe that's the word insurance you know maybe maybe like the the premiums that you get on a little credit default swap situation and you know talking about that glowing fuzz that wraps around actual asset back, asset backed securities like that glowing fuzz it's like it's, it's, it's kind of a financial poem it's kind of a financial poem you know on the one end you've got insurance buying counterparty and on the other end, you've got these so-called reference securities. But the real heroes of this kind of like epic Greek poem that we're talking about are the speculators because it's the, the, the passion in their algorithms that can predict a cold and undeniable default. But I'm, I'm getting... Uh, oh. Yeah. How you like my toga, bitch? Toga, toga, 
Toga, Toga. Christ. Seven years of college down the drain. Oh yeah. Oh, you like my toga, bitch? Biatch. Toga, 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 toga. Seven years of college down the drain. Might as well join the fucking Peace Corps, right? So anyway, these French and German banks were, you know, they, they were scooping up any available paper they could get their hands on. Especially the ones that had low risk weights. And then there's the IMF, there's the ECB, and the EU, and everybody's laundering bailouts, and cash was flowing like a prom queen's menstruation. And it flowed into a little tiny leaky tampon. Actually, several tiny little leaky tampons that were Greek banks, desperate for cash. And so, like, way back in France and Germany, nobody's got any bad loans on the books anymore. No, it's just the Greeks. And so... What's his name? Giannis something. Giannis Vary. Giannis Very Fuck It, whatever. Speaking of Greece, Giannis Very Fuck It, you know, he once said, I remember his quote, not his name. He once said, Banks, Bankruptocracy is as much a European predicament as it is an American invention. You know, that one stuck in my mind. That's why I can say it from memory. You know, bankruptocracy is as much a European predicament as it is an American invention. Because America are innovators. And we come up with great ideas. Like bankruptcy. And, you know, it's different than, than Greece. I mean, what if, what if Nevada or Ohio or even California was locked in some sort of Greek-style death embrace between state debt and bank losses? I mean, you can't even picture that, can you? Take a second. Pinch your eyes shut. Squeeze them tight. Visualize. A Greek-style death embrace between state debt and bank losses. You can't, can you? Because that's not what Nevada's about. That's not what Ohio's about. That's not what California is about. And, you know, just look back to, to 
2015, back to July of 2015. You know, Angela Merkel had a yellow button and a red button, and which one did she push? Really? I mean, not the one that you saw her push, but which one did she really push? I mean, is she the Minotaur? Or is she just Harrison Ford on steroids? Toga! 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 But then there's, you know, that now and th- now and then thing. Greece now. The ancient Greek people back then. You know. The one thing they have in common is, you know, Greece doesn't have access to bankers. And people in Greece, in ancient Greece, didn't have access to bankers. And it's important to protect your private parts. That core of finance lying at the heart of of any entity. Let's call them entities. We're all entities here. Big and small. I mean, like look at Vallejo or Detroit. That's an entity. And there's sizes of entities which can go bankrupt. So Vallejo's not a small town. And there's different sizes of businesses that can go bankrupt, like mom and pop stores, rare as those still are, regrettably. But they're still there, and they still go bankrupt. And then there's bigger and bigger and bigger businesses. Just like people get bigger and bigger. And there's great big fat people out there. Newsflash, everyone. There's big fat people. And sometimes it's because they consume a lot of resources. But sometimes it really is just a gland problem. And skinny people can consume twice as much if they have a fast metabolism. And they can have twice as many gland problems. See where I'm going with this? You get the point? So tailgating as a choice. It always ensures that you're traveling at a maximum speed. And you'll get to your destination in a minimum amount of time. And sure, there are risks. There's safety, and safety first, or maybe second sometimes. Or even third, if you've got other important considerations. just doesn't really sit well with me that that similarity maybe it does maybe it sits great with me all those similarities out there in in similar land and there's a similarity between a, 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 a a skinny person and a fat person and a high level jurisdiction like Puerto Rico or Greece And there's a lot of similarities to that. 
and those people and those countries and those are similar. Okay, so there, you know, there's similarities and similarities, but it, it, there's there are similarities between a person in Puerto Rico, but it's different than a similarity between Greece and Puerto Rico. If 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 one such similarity is the relative location of you know Puerto Rico and Greece to the rest of the the body politic. You could you could you could say they're both in the southeast and you would be correct. They're both down there in the southeast and there's some water between them and the rest of everybody and they probably feel a little lonely being stuck out there. they don't want to let go they, they love the dollar they love the euro they want that the, 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 the intimate embrace of commerce and and let's face it Puerto Rico and Greece they've had a lot of ups and downs right you know I'm not aware of many ups that Puerto Rico has had but you know Greece for sure they used to be on top of the world. You know, they were cultural innovators. Just like we're innovators. And I'm going to leave you on that note today. You know, thanks for downloading the episode. Please take a second to share this on social media, etc., etc. It's really important that I grow my listeners, you know, in order to increase my bottom line. This is the American dream, so I really hope that you just take a moment to like and share. uh, And, of course, give me money. Donate. Take a minute to hit that button on the website. You know, it really makes a big difference to me. And I'm not as depressed in the mornings if subscriptions are up, if donations are up. And, and, you know, because in a sense, you and I are the only thing between you and I and a hard place. So just dig deep. Think good thoughts. Think about what you've done. The stupid shit that you've done in order to end up bankrupt. Think about that until next time. Dig deep. God bless.